This podcast was prepared by Ashley and Shavasha in their personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. I want to tell you when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're a person that is so much more than your race and gender. You're a Christian, you're a mom, you're... You're, you're an intellect, you love books, but for me, I'm sorry. I, I, it's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not to see my, my cousins, one of them who had to come here and sit behind you. She had to be, she had to have your back. I see my ancestors and yours. Nobody's gonna steal the joy of that woman in the street or the calls that I'm getting or the texts nobody's going to steal that joy you have earned this spot you are worthy you are a great american i want to tell you when i look at you this is why i get emotional so that was the senator cory booker yes uh senator out of new jersey at the confirmation hearings Mm -hmm. of the Judge Katanji Jackson Brown, mm-hmm. or did I did I mix up Brown Jackson? I think it's Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Sorry, Judge Jackson, you get all of the respect over here. Um, and man, I, I watched. I missed the first day of the confirmation hearings. I, I, I tapped in mainly the second day, third day. And today, mm-hmm. that was hard to get through. It was. It was. And I'm glad he was able to express himself like that. Because I think in that moment, he recognized her as a human, where everybody else wasn't recognizing her as a human. <laughs> she needed that. Yes. And it's, you know, as Black women, we know when we're in a room where there aren't many of us in that room, and you get that moment of someone who just gets it. It was that moment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's there's been a little bit of you know different point of views about Judge Jackson allowing tears to flow, and mm-hmm. it's just like she is a human being. A um, and those weren't tears of of defeat or sadness. Those were tears of pride. Mm-hmm. Those were tears of thank you. You know. Um, she has, has earned, like he said, this, this role. And like some of her possible future colleagues have had to do right. to get to that level, um, to be considered for the highest court in the land. Literally. Um, Literally. so yeah, for those of uh, you listening, um, we'll definitely dive into even more details about uh the historical confirmation hearings of uh president biden's supreme court nominee uh judge jackson um but hey um it's ashley you know it's been a long time almost a year since uh we've put out a a new episode we've got a few changes 
around here. Um, first for myself, uh, I'm about to be a mom of two. Uh, I've got a little one in the oven, a little boy coming this spring. And um, I'm really excited. And another new bit is I've got a new co-host for yes. the show. Yes. Um, we're under construction and we're going to be making some changes. So that's what you're going to see under construction. But we're going with politicking for us, by us. And I'll let my new co-host, Shavesha, introduce herself. Yes. So my name is Chavesha Cheney and I am from Pittsburgh. I am born and raised in the Hill District. So what they say, Heavy Hill. Mm -hmm. Heavy, you Hill. Heavy Hill. Heavy Hill all Heavy day. Hill. <laughs> <laughs> all day, every day. Um, I went to school at the University of Louisville where I studied um, politics. Um, literally have a, a bachelor's degree in political science with a tract of law and public policy. Um, so that's my specialty. Y'all hear that? Yes. Black women. Yes, black women in politics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's what I, that's my specialty. That's what I focus on. Um, I think policy has a more direct impact in the changes that we are looking to see um, in our community. And so that's what I aspire to do, aspire to be that change, create that change, make that change for our people. Yes, it's mm -hmm. it's important. And, you know, you know, we've we've been this podcast, you know, kicked off with us really wanting to make a, a, a space for our voices and what's happening politically. And, um, you know, we've had to do some changes, like I said, and I'm super excited to be uh, continuing this uh, this journey of the show with Shavesha. Yes. And so um, I guess we can just, there's been a lot of time that has passed since our last episode. So, you know, um, like I said, you, you, you've heard a little bit in the background, our show producer, uh, <laughs> Mr. Comins, who is now Mayor, mayor Comins. Mayor Comins. Um, <laughs> he is the new mayor of Wilkinsburg. And so I guess that also makes me the first, first lady. lady. And, you know, we've, we've got so much to talk about in this a episode. Lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot <laughs> it's been so much happening in the universe it's not even funny i know since the last time we talked you know we it was after the primary of uh last election cycle when egg gamey won his primary against uh peduto mm -hmm. um we had a very interesting um, November election because we also had our um, five uh, judges or five women to be exact who were on the ballot to be a part of the Allegheny County Court of Common Pleas. Mm -hmm. um, all five of them won. Uh, we Ooh. now have three, wait, is it three, who am I missing? Judge Sizemore, Judge Henry Taylor, Watson. and Watson. Judge Watson. Yeah, I knew I, someone's name. That's who I thought you was. Yeah, yeah. I, it uh -huh. just slipped my mind for a minute. But three black women. Yes. Um, and then we also have uh, Lisa Middleman, who uh, previously ran for DA. 
um, shook the boots out of uh, DA Zapala and um, came back around and won her quarter common pleas race and Chelsea Wagner. So we now have those five women on the quarter common pleas. We also did elect um, a a black man to judge, well, re-elect, I guess, because Judge Halsey was already an appointed judge, but he was officially elected. So Judge Elliot Halsey is also um, a Court of Common Pleas judge. And, you know, we we made some movements in the progressive space. I'm really proud of where we're moving. Mm -hmm. You know, they're pushing back. We're going to talk about that too. But now we... We've got another election cycle upon yes. us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so y'all know we're going to have Bellamy in the background. She talks <laughs> way, way more than the last time you've heard her. So don't be surprised when you hear a little voice in here giving you full sentences because she's got things to say. She does. We're about to give her her own podcast at this point. I she think got she's her voice. Ready. She got a voice. Yeah. She got a voice. We might start letting her have a little segment if, if she if she's really about it. <laughs> and I don't put it past that she, she ain't. <laughs> she's ready. Yes. So I guess we can, we're going to kick off with our... Um, local landscape of politics here. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, we did this past November officially elect our first Black mayor for the city of Pittsburgh. Long overdue, but the time is here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's now. Let me tell you, okay, this Black man had a crazy first month. He did. I mean, so many things happening. Cause so many things happening. We had a whole bridge fall, collapse in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fern Hollow Bridge, which when it collapsed, I never heard it referenced to as the Fern Hollow Bridge. So I also learned <laughs> something new. I thought it was like the Frick Park Bridge or something like that because it was right next to Frick Park. But yeah, we had a bridge collapse. We had like three snowstorms in one month. Um, and y'all know... They go hard on mayors when the snow hits. They the do, especially I mean, especially as residents in in Pittsburgh, because you know how we are about our streets. <laughs> um, but I think that comes from the prior administration and yes. things not getting done. So we was happy that Ed Ganey, uh, Mayor Ganey, you know, stepped up and was facing the issues first for the um the residents in the community and he was he was being transparent that's with everything saying, yes. transparent with everything yeah i like that he wasn't trying to hide behind right a facade of like everything's great because mm-hmm. in reality we know it's not and we know that's why we elected you or that pittsburgh yes. elected you because i don't vote in pittsburgh i voted for my husband <laughs> who's the mayor of wilkinsburg but um yeah like that's what the people elect you for is to be open and transparent. You know, yep. we don't have to do politics as usual. Right. Um, and I think that's what he's trying to change. That's that narrative he's trying to change. And yes. as you constantly hear him in the media, like he's just, he's addressing the issues face face first. Like He is. He is. He is. And, you know, he, he was my former state representative, um, you know, and I think with any elected official, I, I I love when we get a chance to have conversations about, you know, no elected official is perfect. You know, right. they're human and, you know, we may not necessarily agree with them on everything. But what I always said about um, Mayor Ganey, my former rep Ganey, that 
you know, when I when I was on school board and really just brand new in this space, he made time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just not common when you think about, you know, elected officials and people with titles. I mean, even as far as I'm saying, like, don't call me Rep Ganey, call me Ed. You know, like he was never on a high horse. Right. Um, You know, politics going to politic. um, But, you know, I always respected that about him. And even, you know, his his uh, support of my husband and, you know, him stepping into a position of leadership, of course, nowhere near as big as his. The mayor of Wilkesburg is not a full time job. So we want to also make that part clear. Um, but he yeah. still oh, has <laughs> he still has a responsibility and it's good to see him be able to um, connect with someone who um, has a familiar background as him right and you know he gets to show mayor Ganey shows up as a leader and I I really appreciate that so um, kudos to you mayor Ganey absolutely um so in addition to that um, there was also and this was prior uh the most recent news that has come out after the um the death of jim rogers in police custody yeah um Mm -hmm. and they just announced that three officers were fired right and the other what three were fired and two um were placed on leave was it placed on leave i think so look at us there was eight police officers total so was it five on leave and three fired? Yeah. Yeah. Even though that, that officer should have took everything itself. Or suspended. It was suspended. They Even though that, that, that first officer should have took all the heat itself because they came after everything. Like when they got there, he was already doing what he was doing. Oh, five were fired. And they're going to go through arbitration um, because that is a part of their union process. But, you know, we've got to start talking. This is what we talk about when we say accountability. Right. And so um, that has also been some recent news. And so, you know, this man has only been in office since the beginning of January. <laughs> and it is, I'm sure he has been challenged. Very challenged. much so on top of still building his team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's something that I don't think a lot of people understand that he is still building his team. And that first month, first yeah, first three months things was happening. He did not have full staff. He did, and he still is right building the team. He yes. is not at full staff there. You know, I, I had um, a legislative breakfast um, that I moderated last week, and um, Felicity from mm-hmm. his the don't let me. She's the assistant chief. deputy chief, chief of staff. staff. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioned like there are jobs so if you live in the city of Pittsburgh and you are looking for a job you should be going on the website and looking for jobs that is also a way for us to change the way things are done internally yes yeah so um that's like our, our 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 one of our big like I think good news uh updates that are it's coming out of Pittsburgh specifically. Yeah. Um, and what else happened? There was something else. Oh, there was, there was the uh, RNC convention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, he got, he, Mayor Ganey got a lot of slack for a headline coming out about him, you know, writing a letter without people fully understanding 
um, what was in front of him. Mm -hmm. You know, he came in and this was already in play. And so for him, it was like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. But what he did do was the back end work to make it not so appealing and easy for the RNC to come here, which ultimately pulled um, our city out of the running. Yeah. Like, we're not giving y'all money to come here. We're not making it easy for y'all to come here. You know, yeah, Pittsburgh is a great city, but y'all really don't want to come. Right. And I think he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. that process. I just think it wasn't um, the public didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the public didn't mm-hmm. understand that. And, you know, it's like you know, it's easy to it's easy to hop on somebody, you know, and don't yeah. Twitter loves to hop on people. Yeah. And I think um at one point actually we were probably we were talking about how um black officials, black elected officials are typically held to a higher standard. Um so they are. When yeah. we when we when we show where we lack in the area, uh, you know, that, that stuff is first in the media <laughs> listen and like I, we always would think too like with with this win with Ganey and him being the first black mayor like he don't got a magic wand Mm-mm. and so and he's still figuring it out you yeah. know this is new to him as well like, yeah <laughs> this is new yep so yeah that's um our city of Pittsburgh news uh so now like we mentioned we are every year is an election year, so every we're year. in a new election cycle. <laughs> um, you know, with 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 Ganey, you know, being the mayor, he also brought on board a colleague of his from the state house. Mm-hmm. Um, so former Representative Jake Wheatley is also now in the mayor's administration. So that created what we like to call in Pittsburgh a special election mm-hmm. because their their seats were not at the end of their terms right um i i guess we haven't had an episode um since then i was originally in the race for one of those um for my former state representative seat but we're also in a redistricting year yes and so i do believe in divine intervention because as i stated i am pregnant and so Mm -hmm. it it does work out in my favor um to no longer be in that race, but I was running. I was going to be that pregnant candidate um, because why not? And I was supporting her. Yes, very much so. 100%. Um, but, you know, so there's a special election for former gain, former Rep Ganey's District 24 race, as well as a former Representative Wheatley in District 19. Mm-hmm. And let me tell y'all, special elections, Ooh. <laughs> They're like looking at each other and laughing. Oh, they are. They're special. Yes. They're special. <laughs> they are so special. Um, the District 24 race was heavy, too, because there were six candidates going right. for the yes. special election. Which is a lot. It's a lot of people. Um, and now for the primary because we own, like I said, we only have, uh, we've got new maps. Um, It pulled a few candidates out, including myself. And um, now in that particular race, um, the 
democratic. So I guess we should explain how a special election works. Yes. Um, do you want to go? Do you want to share it, or do you want me to? I'm gonna let Ashley share it because right. I think Ashley knows more to break down than I do. Yeah, because <laughs> we was I was like we about to do this. So basically, special elections work. This is like one of the most important things when we talk about democratic committees because our democratic committees are elected officials. People who sit on a democratic committee have been elected by folks who live within the same uh, ward and district as them. So the Democratic committee members, they come together and they place a vote for who they want to be the Democratic nominee um, for the upcoming special election. So six people show up who are interested, but only one person is going to be selected and be on the ballot. Um, And with a special election, that is a Democratic nominee and a Republican nominee. Where we live, it is heavily Democratic. So um, we did see today that there is a Republican nominee on the ballot. And, you know, hey, anything can happen, I guess. If someone's out there doing the work, knocking the doors, talking to the people, you know, getting them to, you know, support them, I guess a Republican could win a special election in this district. Um, But the nominee for the Democratic um, ticket is uh, Martel Covington. And um, the the Republican is Todd Elliot Kroger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's the District uh, Twenty Four race, and then also District Nineteen over in Shavasha's way. Listen, heavy hill. Keep telling y'all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was another race. Similar process. Um, in that race, though, there were only two candidates. Um, one of those candidates is actually my pastor, um, the Reverend Glenn Grayson, and also Arion Abney, who has ran in, who has ran for this seat. Um, I want to say over like the past three, three elect, yeah, the mm-hmm. three election cycles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that particular special election, which that special election was Less real crazy, crazy for it to be a tie. It was, it was a, a tie. tie. 55 50. to 55. Yes. So that like. Like, let's unpack that for a minute. Because <laughs> my thing is, why was it a tie to begin with? Why? Why was it a tie to begin with? You know? That right there just did not make any sense to me. I did not understand that at all. I didn't understand why there was a tie. There should have not been a tie. There um, was a lot of questions about the committee members, too, and who was eligible to vote and who was technically a committee member. And there's always some like something fluey that happens. And it's also what frustrates us about politics because mm-hmm. that's what also makes people not want to get engaged yep. because they feel like what's really going on? What's the on? process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the process? Um, why is this process not being faithful to the standard? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just so many questions around that. And then to break the tie, they, like, pulled the name out of a hat. Well, a, a, a margarine bucket. Yeah. Okay, and, let's, uh, the specifics. Actually, specifics. <laughs> and there were multiple, you know, I think what I didn't like about it, you know, so I guess what I'll throw in here is Dante, when he ran for mayor, 
um, it was a Democratic primary, but in a Democratic primary, Republicans, we also live in a majority Democratic district. There were no Republican candidates, but Republicans, when they show up to vote, can write in their candidate. So Dante and his his challenger had a tie in the write-in votes on the Republican ballot. So their process that they had to follow was they had to go down to the Allegheny County Board of Elections downtown and go through a lot vote. That process was clear. There was a letter that we received in the mail. And I believe that that was more of a uniform process that we could respect. And right. so a lot though, what happened is we showed up, the numbers were, it was from what, one to 51? There were uh, a, a leather bag full of like numbers, like block numbers mm-hmm. from one to 51. They shook up the, the, the bag and they each had to pick a number. And the person with the highest number got the vote. Okay. And so Dante literally, I think their numbers were like five or six numbers, 36 to 39. So Dante won by having a number three digits higher. Um, And so Dante became the, you know, nominee for the Republican ticket as well. And that was that. But in this case with the special election and the tie vote there, um, they first asked if they wanted to flip a coin. And then they asked if they wanted to, there were multiple options thrown out instead of what I think should have happened is they should have followed the lot vote process Mm -hmm. that they had to follow for the right and vote process because the decision, if y'all can't, if y'all can't make or break it, We've got to we've got to break the tie right now. Right. Like that should have been recorded at yes. this Democratic committee meeting. The vote ended in a tie, or the county election folks should have been prepared. No matter what, that should be a process. It should be. They should be prepared should to be. perform a lot vote mm-hmm. with the needed um, items at this meeting, mm-hmm. and that lack of organization is you know, frustrating. It's yeah, yeah. Because it just it doesn't allow the people to just feel confident in how we operate in our politics. So mm-hmm. that was a crazy process. And so Arion Abney did come out with the win for that special election. So on April fifth, there will be an election for folks who live in their districts to show up and vote. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And for this for this special election, um, I'm still technically um, in that district, but um, you in know what district? District 24. Okay. And so anyone who lives in District 24 um, to finish out the remainder of their term, which will go to the end of this year, December 31st. Um, that's what these two candidates would ultimately do, which also brings them to becoming the now incumbents in the race. Um, and then on May 17th, we will then turn around and have our regular primary election. Now that particular part of the race is a little different because although these two candidates have won their special election, it doesn't mean that they are just going to skate into keeping these seats because right. they have challengers yeah. um, for this the, these these seats. So we've got we're going to touch on briefly because 
we're probably just going to do a completely separate episode all mm-hmm. about um, the candidates. So yeah. do you want to go through? So before you jump into the candidates, mm-hmm. going a little back into the special election and the upcoming, uh, well, special election, because um, the special election is April 5th, mm-hmm. and then um, November, what is it, November 5th? I don't know when the November election is. Yeah. Um, the November election is November 8th. November 8th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is when they they go to vote again. For after the primary? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the general. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Okay. That's when people across the U.S. will vote. That's like yeah. the election day for all of us. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot happening. Yeah, <laughs> and so, a lot to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And I think my fear um, or concern is that uh, there's not been a lot of like media around it, or a lot of confusion because a lot of it's happening. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it is. There's like so much confusion that sometimes it's hard for people to follow exactly what is going on and what is happening and how critical it is to your area that you live in. It is. So I think that that's why like right now, I don't even talk about November because <laughs> yeah. it's so far away mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we have to focus on, it's important that people know upcoming is the primary you vote along party lines in the primary. Independents do not vote in a primary, either Republican or Democrat. And uh, if you're registered Democrat, because that's what we are over here, mm-hmm. it is so important that we get out and vote. Yes. So, um, and then after we get past this primary, then we're going to go in yep. on November because November. We got a lot to to be focused on for November. So, yeah, you know, on March 15th, we got a primary. Now that's where the real work is happening because, you know, we're in a a position where people have this progressive movement that's been happening in Allegheny County for one. And I talk about this all the time with like, you know, friends like, People see these candidates coming out of nowhere and winning, and they they think it's easy. Mm-hmm. They don't fully understand the work that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually going out into the community, knocking thousands of doors, um, and telling people who you are. Right. So we got some races. Shavasha, let us know what these races are. They 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 going down. Ooh, we got a lot. Um, <sighs> we got. State Representative um, Summer Lee, um, who is in District 34, right, mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. Um, do we do we want to mention her challenger? I mean, we don't have to, but we she got a challenger. To. She do got a challenger, and we gonna make sure she wins. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> summer for that's, all of it, right? That's what's most important. That is what is Team most summer. important. Team summer over here. <laughs> we are biased about Summer Lee. Absolutely. Um, and then we have Sarah and Murata, mm-hmm. um, who is District 21. Yeah. Uh, we have Jess, uh, pronounce her last Benham. name, Benham. Um, Stephanie Fox, who is in District 36. Um, Emily King, 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 Kincaid. Kincaid, yeah. Um, 
and then Nick Mastros. Yeah, I don't know if it's Mastros or Mastros. Mastros. But he owns uh, the sandwich shop on the north side. I don't think I know him. I don't know him, but I know the sandwich shop. <laughs> you know the sandwich shop. <laughs> that's the most important thing. Yes. Uh, and that's District 20. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, this next race. And then for District 24, mm-hmm. we have Martel Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, Latasha. Yeah, Latasha Mays. Yes. Latasha D. Mays. Yes. Um, former executive director of New Voices Reproductive Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, organizer. Um, I'm a fan of Latasha. So I am. I've never met Natasha, but I've seen her work um, out in the community, and I will say she is amazing. Yes. Uh, so we, we've we never officially met, but I've been aware of her work with New Voices Reproductive Justice mm-hmm. over the years and her advocacy for um, women's reproductive rights, because we know those things are very important under attack very important you know pennsylvania is one governor away from uh-huh. all of us being attacked um and so i latasha is a fighter mm-hmm. and so um i'm really excited about her entering the race mm-hmm. um because you know it's good when we get an opportunity to have you know good candidates that you need to choose from mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always, you know, I'm elect black women. We always talk about support black women and electing black women, but when it's actually time to do it, hello, what happens? <laughs> what hello. happens? You know. So yeah. I'm really proud of her for stepping up and stepping out. Um, I do support Latasha, and so that race—that's a heavy race right there. That it race is. got a lot of eyes on it. Um, people are paying attention to that race because, you know, same with Martel. Martel's got a history. He's done his work. Mm-hmm. As he says it, you know, he's a, he's a kid from Homewood. He is so Homewood. He is. Um, and he, you know, has been heavily involved with the Little League organizations. The the, the kids love Martel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done his work. I think his work is different than Latasha. They are different kinds of leaders in their own way Mm -hmm. and so that's a hard race for some folks and people who you know don't necessarily want to get involved you know when I was in the race that was a thing Mm -hmm. and it hasn't changed with the transition of me out Latasha in um and so I'm really curious to see that race in action because we haven't had an opportunity to see that when Ed Ganey was the representative, he would definitely have a bunch of people run against him, but it wasn't like this. Right, 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 right. So this so, is a really like critical race. Yes, it yeah. is. I mean, yeah. it's going to, you know, there's a little bit of establishment more so behind Martel. Um, and, you know, Latasha's got that organizing background. She's got that you know, activist space and, you know, the people who are on the ground every single day, like day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that those those may be their differences, but their community connections. Yeah. Um, although, you know, Martel is from Pittsburgh, born and raised here. Um, Latasha is from Philadelphia, but she's been here since the 
early 2000s. So she's been here longer than she's lived in Philly. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know her organization spans outside of Pittsburgh. New Voices was in Pittsburgh. It's in Ohio and Philadelphia. So she does do a lot of travel when she was, you know, executive director, but she's lived in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. she, she ran before for city council against Deb Gross. Um, so this isn't her first time in a campaign mm-hmm. um, on a ballot. And, you know, um, it's going to be a race. And of course, you know, Martel, he, he is a legislative aide for state say, Senator Jay Costa. From, he comes from government background, mm-hmm. Senate, Senate mm-hmm. um, specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he does have that, you know, support. So, you know, it's just, it's like, what's your flavor? What you looking for? What, That's going to be an what interesting kind of, race. Yeah, what kind of leader does this district want to see move forward right. and take this district to, you know, the district has changed. It has. It is no longer, you know, heavy on the east side. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way into the Hill District. And so um, a couple of the other races have changed, you know, like Summer's District. I'm now in her district. Which I thought was crazy. <laughs> I thought was crazy. We're Girl. going. We're going to get into these. Yeah, that's yeah. an episode. That's an episode in itself. So that might be the next yes. episode because the primary is around the corner. Yes. Um. But yeah, it's heavy on these, yes. these new maps, and we'll these talk about maps. the maps too because that's like we're going to lead into the maps yep. from this. Yep. And then who's this last race? We this leave? last this race. Is, this is this is Shavasha's <laughs> deck of the woods. Y'all know I'm heavy with the District 19. Um, <laughs> For people who may not know, I used to work in District 19, so District 19 is my is my heart. Um, but the candidates there is uh, Reverend Glenn Grayson um, and Arian Ebony. Um, so yeah, those are the two candidates, and that also yeah. is going to be a critical race as well. We told um, y'all about the Dem Committee, you know especially with these majority black districts um, and the redistricting of the maps, it's, it's going to be crucial. It's going to be real. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what happens and mm-hmm. whoever takes over that, uh, that, district. that district and what they're going to do with it and their, um, their, their focus and their mm-hmm. policy areas or, um, because we want to do right by our people. Yeah. You know, we want to show our people that they can um, trust in their government and they can have connect- connections to their um, state representatives and things of that sort. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see how they move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a critical time with these. It's, it's <laughs> critical. There's so many changes happening and... You know, I know this D19 race is very critical because it does do something to the Hill District yes. and, and how politics has historically, at least all of our lives, mm-hmm. um, in that particular area. And so it, there's a little bit of a power shift it is. that has happened um, is. in a lot of these districts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, although I understand you know, the frustration, what I am. And again, we'll get a little deeper into this um, on another episode, but what this has done has created more opportunity for minority representation from rep- from Western Pennsylvania, because people don't always think about um, uh, 
Austin Davis and Summer Lee, who are mm-hmm. also current state representatives, their seats are not held historically by Black folks. Right, right, So right. us having four Black folks up in Harrisburg representing us is, that that was kind of like a, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I do got baby brain, but <laughs> it ain't normal. It ain't what we used to. Right, right, and right. So this, this new map can help us to consistently keep three people up there. Yeah. Um, and we didn't reference um, Representative Austin Davis's district, which he is also up for re-election. Um, and I want to, I do want to mention him as well. We'll touch on Austin. We got a lot of, there's so much to talk about, so y'all. Much. We're going to touch on there's Austin, so though. Much. But Austin is currently the state representative in the 35th legislative district um, for Harrisburg. And so... You know, he's also up for re-election this year. And, um, yeah, so these maps that we talked about that changed up these uh, districts. So we have, the maps have been, like, that's, like, the most confusing thing for people right now. Ashley, before you dive into it, I just want to, full disclosure, Ashley has been helping me understand these new maps. Like, literally every conversation that I've had with Ashley over the past couple weeks has been these new maps. Um, Mm -hmm. We were just talking about how the knowledge isn't easily accessible for people to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone like myself who has a bachelor's degree, I don't even understand it. I went to school for political science. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's confusing. Um, So I'm going to let Ashley... Ashley, break it down to y'all because she has been helping me. So let her help us. So, and even hearing like Shavasha say that, like it's been confusing for me too. Like, I have been like super focused on it because of one, I was in I was in the race before, you know. I I, I stepped out because it came out early that my community in particular was removed from the district. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically when the maps come out, those are the maps. You know, people were going to dispute them and challenge right. them, but right. the maps wasn't changing. And so I made the choice to um, step out and make space for other people because especially in our communities, I think it's important that we recognize that resources ain't the same. Uh-huh. We don't we don't live in neighborhoods where people got deep pockets. Right. And so I felt that it was really important for, you know, me to just respectfully bow out. So yeah. the maps, when they happen, we've got three separate maps. We've got our congressional maps. We've got our state house maps and Mm -hmm. we also have our state senate maps Mm -hmm. now we do have u.s senate races but they run statewide so there are no maps for that similar to like governor they run statewide so there are no maps for that same with lieutenant governor there are no maps for that but for the 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 levels of office that have um districts of representation and when we talk about the representation these maps and these new lines that are drawn we get new maps every 10 years after the census yes this is why the census is so important mm-hmm. and um i was just you know having a few conversations with summer and we were just discussing she came across an article that said 19 million people were not counted in the census yes. and a majority of them were black indigenous folks black and indigenous folks so that's what i was hearing um like the one of the main reasons why the maps were redrawn right like that was because 
the voting um, the shift yeah. where people are living yeah, yeah people are moving mm-hmm. yeah so the maps change because your district and who represents you should reflect mm-hmm. your representation should reflect your community and your district correct um but this is also where we see gerrymandering happen correct um which historically pennsylvania like right before the election we had our supreme court um you know rule one of our maps wasn't you know uh i'm i lost my word again um (laughs) one of our maps was unconstitutional because of the gerrymandering Mm -hmm. and so um new maps were drawn for our congressional it was our congressional maps uh this is i want to say when connor lamb ran initially okay um for congress and so we're in this space where we have new maps and there were still some tricky things that happened with these maps mm-hmm. um specifically you know uh the congressional maps and you know current state rep summer lee who is running for congress right now um her community in swissville her specific district was split her block mm-hmm. and her mama's block was taken out of the the city district that uh current congressman doyle um represents and he he has retired which is why we currently have an open seat but we also in pennsylvania lost a congressional district Mm -hmm. so we're going from 18 congressional districts to 17 congressional districts so technically they basically put district 17 which connor lamb currently holds and district 12 which i believe is the new district but formerly mike doyle's district who also in these new maps is not drawn into this new district but he's not running again um and so it disenfranchises uh, a lot of communities the way these maps right, were drawn right, because right, right. District 12, which one one benefit does encompass all of the city. It does, I should say, it does encompass all of the city of Pittsburgh, but the suburb the suburban communities surrounding Pittsburgh that are included in that are not uh, heavy blue communities gotcha. so you figure you've got plum in district 12 right but you got wilkinsburg and 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 penn hills and uh parts of swissville um church hill where you do have a heavy blue heavy progressive mm-hmm. democratic base not in that city base mm-hmm. so our representation is going to come with a more moderate mm-hmm. um look to it versus in a, a city like Pittsburgh, you can get a little more progressive and a little more, um, mm-hmm. just a little more progressive. progressive yeah. And so they ultimately drew Summer out of the district, but here's the catch. Mm-hmm. In federal races, you technically don't have to live yeah. in that district, but when you win, you will need to move and reside mm-hmm. in the district and because we're in a redistricting year and because summer could walk down her same street five houses down and be in the city district um she is running in district 12 which is the the district that the, her representation um is needed yeah um and you know everyone will say do you really think they did it on purpose yes i do um <laughs> we can talk about who did it and whose map was used but we know that there are 
higher powers that be, and they know what they're doing when you have a powerful movement that's happening, mm-hmm. that is people-centered and people-focused, and the establishment can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And they do any and everything that can be done um, to make it harder. Right. <laughs> so um, we've got new maps, and Shavasha found this website and this website is amazing and so we want to share it with you so that you can literally look at what your map is from a federal your federal races to your state rep house races to your state senate um races so we're gonna give you that website so y'all can check it out too um and so it's www.spotlightpa.org um you could go on there um and you can search redistricting maps and it'll pop up. And if you scroll down, it'll allow you to put your uh, your zip code uh, in there. To I put search. my whole address. Did you? Yeah. I just put the zip code in there and it popped up um, District 19, which is my district. And then it popped up uh, the new map. So it pops up the old map and the new yeah. map. And then when I played around with it a little bit, because um, like Ashley said, District 24's map now includes the Hill District, it also popped up that too. So yeah. it allows you to look at the larger scope, mm-hmm. which really helped me because they were putting out these maps, like a PA with just these small numbers and expecting you, you to understand you it. Zoom yeah. in and know what neighborhood. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so this website literally allows you to zoom in by your district to view the old, the previous map and the new map and allow you to see the changes that have been made, which has been really helpful for me. Um, I had to do a lot of soul searching. So that that's some, I don't gatekeep no information. So mm-hmm. we, got, we don't <laughs> if need it, to. If it helps me, I wanted to help you because it is critical um, as we talk about, as we mentioned the census and people not voting i don't want people to get confused when it comes to voting now like what district they're living in mm-hmm. um who their state reps are they you know again this consensus is done what every 10 years yep so people are used and have been comfortable with you yep. know them being in a certain district and yep. them having a certain representative um yeah the last time we did it was 2010 and the yeah. last time before that was 2000 yeah, like so- i was a baby <laughs> I had just graduated college, the last one. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really important. It is. And I just want, especially Black voters, to understand, like, you know, you can always go on PA, um, legislative, uh, house network, uh, house website, I'm sorry, um, and type in your address, and it'll allow you to uh, search who your, it'll pop up who your, um, who your representative is yeah so that you know when you do go on the ballot who you're going to see and you can be prepared and not you know confused or anything um because like we said there's a lot happening a whole lot (laughs) a whole lot (laughs) yes so those are the new maps and we'll probably you know maybe when we do our i think we should just have an episode we'll do coming up that focuses on these races we Mm -hmm. can talk a little more in detail about the maps and the districts um because it's it's a lot um so uh-oh bellamy's coming and so with these new maps we've got our congress our congressional races happening and so within allegheny county which is the county that we live in um we've got pa 17 which is the district that i live in mm-hmm. which is 
not a part of the city. I've got some opinions about that too. Yes. We'll talk about that a little later. And in that race, you have Sean Malloy, Chris Deluzio, and William Murray. And then for PA-12, which is the um, district that encompasses all of the city of Pittsburgh and a part of Westmoreland County. Um, and I guess I should say, too, PA-17 goes into Beaver County, yes. which yes. is a part of my issue. Yes, But um, PA-12 is heavy in the city of Pittsburgh. And that is the race where we have current state representative Summer Lee, um, Jerry Dickinson, and Steve Irwin. So they are, those are the candidates for that race. Those are both uh, heavy races that are happening. Um, but we over here, we team Lee, and we're going to make sure we get Summer to D.C. Yep. And then after that happens, you know, we got some other things that's going to be popping up. But right now we focused on summer. Yes. And let me just like pause there because I think it is so like dope that the first like black woman PA, like that's so huge. Mm -hmm. Like that's been a lot of firsts. Yes. Because she was the first black woman out of Western PA to go to Harrisburg. Which, of course, we're proud of her, but is also part of the problem. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we're making history over here. Yeah, We're making history. Yeah, I'm proud of Summer, and I'm proud of, you know, the work she put in. And those who have been supporting her and putting in that work with her. Um, mm-hmm. It's about all of it's us. It's about all of us. And she keeps saying that because <laughs> I was like, congratulations to, you know, you and Summer. Um, y'all are amazing. Y'all are out here. Y'all are killing it um, with the campaigning. Ashley was like, this is for all of us. This mm-hmm. ain't just for me. This mm-hmm. ain't just for her. This is for all of us. This so, is us. We're yeah. doing this together. We, we. There's no one person that can right. get this done. And right. if anyone tells you that, sad I am. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's not how this works. Right. Um. So, yeah, donate to Summer. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw that out there, too, because money counts. Yes, it does. Um, we're coming up on a campaign a finance deadline, which is March 31st. So I'm going to throw that out there too. Summer Lee, Summer Lee, Summer Lee. Um, and then we also have this Senate race. This Senate yeah. race is crazy. It's a little, <laughs> it's actually a little underwhelming for me, but I am appreciating, um, like we discussed earlier, yeah. uh, uh, State Rep Malcolm Kenyatta, who is in the Senate race. Mm-hmm. Um, he's performing much better or not. He is performing uh, a lot better than what people expected of him, and I love that. But see, from my understanding, he was a he was a was he not a state was he a state rep? He, he was, was a state, state rep. rep. He came in yeah. the same class as summer. Yeah, yep. Um, mm-hmm. He was doing like some heavy hitting as a state representative, right? But he is because he he is such a progressive candidate and mm-hmm. running statewide for in a state like Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doubting his, his numbers and his reach and him being able to get into these rural areas because there's a lot more rural areas in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania than not um, and be able to get turnout. But he's been killing it. Though. He's been doing he's good. He's been killing it. He's been killing it in the numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been out there. Yeah. Face all out in the media I, you know he has been his campaign has been going well being ran by a black woman yes. i will throw that out there um so i yes I, his 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 campaign is is definitely working hard they're mm-hmm. they're doing what needs to be done um he's running against uh 
Lieutenant Governor uh, Fetterman mm-hmm. and um, current U.S. Congressman Connor Lamb. Um, and so that race has just a lot of elements to it. But, you know, Malcolm is pushing. Yeah. And so um, we are we watching that one, too. Yeah. Because there's some Republicans and we ain't even talking about them, but <laughs> they're cray cray. And we trying to get rid of the current Republican oh. that's there. Because Senator Toomey is trash. Mm. And so we don't need another Senator Toomey. We see mm-hmm. what's happening in our Senate right now. We didn't pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Which is sad. Like, it's sad. It's so Build Back sad. Better, which would have literally Build Back Better encompassed, you know, when we talk about women's reproductive rights and maternal and child health. All of the elements of the Momnibus Act was a part of the Build Back Better. Mm-hmm. That would be such an improvement for uh, a policy for black women, because we know, especially as we've we've seen over and over again, Western PA, Pittsburgh, Uh it is the worst place for us to live as black women. Our infant mortality rate, our maternal mortality rate, they are a lot higher Uh than it is for white women. And that's a problem. And so we cannot continue to allow folks to remain in our Senate who just are hateful. Yes. They are hateful against poor people, against people of color, against black folks. Um, they're hateful and yeah. th- we have to remove them and not feel like we don't get much done because one, we need to get rid of those crazy Republicans. And we also got to quit voting for these Democrats that want to keep playing with the Republicans. Mm-hmm. They don't want to compromise. Mm-hmm. And so we're not compromising with y'all. We are fighting for what we need. We are fighting for our communities because that is what we need right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that race down in Louisiana with Gary Chambers uh, <laughs> against Kennedy. Like, I am praying on that race because I need Louisiana to show up for that one. Like, that's not even PA, but I just had to throw that out there because I am here for Gary Black Chambers. <laughs> like, Gary Chambers is it. And so, yeah, the Senate races for PA. Uh, that open seat right now, if we could get a Democrat in there, that. Yeah. That, that that's what we need. So those are the races that we've got uh, from the federal level. That was a lot of that was a lot. It's of a races. lot. And we still got we still got a little bit more. So we're gonna try to wrap up the rest of what we got. I'ma say in like the next 30 minutes. So we appreciate you all for listening. Um, hopefully this new uh, update on yes. the uh, podcast spaces will spark folks to be like, oh, there's a new episode? Yes. What's this? Because um, we move in and we shake it and we yes. under construction, but we build in and I'm excited. And support Black women. <laughs> Listen, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the, that's the sentence. <laughs> So, PA statewide, this is, this is major. It is. It's major. There's a lot happening. I wonder, not wonder, I often think about how, you know, the governor race for the Democratic side, you know, there there is no challenger. We have one candidate, uh-huh. um, which, you know... I have my thoughts on that. You know, Mm -hmm. Shapiro's great. You know, he's our current, um, you know, I'm losing my words. What is Josh Shapiro? Our 
Tr- Tr- Attorney, Attorney General. General. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's our current Attorney General. Yes. You know, he has shown and proved in ways. I just, I just always worry about candidates not having an opponent, not having someone that makes them have to work for your vote. Mm. It kind of gives off this, um, I'm, it's just me. This yeah. is for me. Yeah. And so um, that worries me. But best believe y'all, I'm showing up and voting for Josh Shapiro for <laughs> governor of Pennsylvania because them crazy folks yeah. on the other side of the aisle yeah. with these wild commercials, this critical race theory narrative. It's just a mess. It is absolutely insane. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> it, 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 it really is. And it, I mean, I don't want to go too far off topic, um, but I know I do have some concerns in regards to if, you know, what's happening on the, on the presidential, you know, side of things, if that is going to affect people's upset, uh, being upset with mm-hmm. Biden and that year, mm-hmm. like, what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are a lot of people who are upset with Biden. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> I've been seeing tweets of people just talking about, like, I can't believe I voted for him. But it's like, who else will we voting for? Listen. I mean, I, I have my thoughts about what happened and went down with Bernie Sanders. And, you know, I get it. But we've got to also think about harm reduction. Yeah. And I don't think people fully understand that. And what I want to specifically mention about this governor's race too, and understanding what we have with our state legislature, because right now Republicans have a majority in both uh-huh. our Senate and our House. Yes. And so it's easy for them to be able to push the legislation that they want to push. Uh-huh. They literally tell Democrats, we're not moving. You know, yeah, you know what's going on. Yeah. You was up there. You, yeah. you, this is what you do. Yes. And so they pulled some some things, they, they pushed through some legislation. And the one specifically that I want to talk about is the the one where they were going to allow permitless gun carry laws. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people would hear that, and especially in all you know, the black community, and people would be like, Well, I mean, you know, if 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 we did if we had these permitless gun carry laws, I wouldn't have these felonies. Nah, bruh. You was going to get a felony one way or another. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't going to be in that route. Right. And don't ever think that they're making these laws so you, you don't get a felony. Right. <laughs> and what that would have done in our communities when we talk about community violence, guns are already out of control. Mm-hmm. If we go to a per, uh, permitless uh, concealed carry, oh my goodness. I don't think we understand the ramifications that would have for a community like ours that is already dealing with, you know, socioeconomic issues, whether it's education, housing, um, Mm -hmm. a a good paying job. Like when people are struggling, they're going to do whatever is necessary to take care of their families. We are in a pandemic still. And we are in a pandemic pandemic still. And so had we not had a Democratic governor veto that, Mm -hmm. That would be scary. Um, women's reproductive rights, they are waiting. They are literally, if you ask me, what they're doing with pushing policy like this is showing their base. Like, mm-hmm. y'all, we can push this through. We just need a governor. Mm-hmm. And that, for Pennsylvania, is, that is, like, scary. It's scary. It's scary. It is scary. We think we're losing Black folks in Pennsylvania now. 
Ooh, yeah. And there has been a drastic drop of black um, residents in PA. Especially people, Western PA. Yes, people are leaving. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If it wasn't for Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it would really be scary. I think Harrisburg hates Philly. Because that's 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 literally where <laughs> where the black folks is coming yeah. from mm -hmm. and the representation and the voices that we're getting across our state, because Philly isn't the only, you know, heavy. Well, I don't want to say heavy. They, they've they got it's a black city. Yeah. But, you know, we've got Pittsburgh. We've got Erie. We've got. um, What is it? Pittsburgh, Erie. Is it just Pittsburgh, Erie and Philadelphia and Harrisburg? Harrisburg yeah. And so. um you know we that's what i think about when we think about the governor's race because those are the ramifications of what could happen if we don't have y'all when corbett came through town <laughs> it was not pretty education has still not gotten back to rendell levels since corbett was in office and we know what's happening with our education system Ooh. That's not even good. We, we, that's another day. <laughs> another but day. those are the points that I wanted to bring up when we yeah. talk about this governor race. Like, I know we're frustrated with Biden, but we've got to think about, like, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yes, yes, yes. And yes. What, what opportunities and what resources are coming down the pipeline for us. And also, we, I'm just going to throw this piece in there. These new maps, these new maps, these new uh, state house maps, they give us an opportunity to flip that house. Mm -hmm. we've got an opportunity so you know i really want us to understand that mm -hmm. and you know get out and vote y'all we got to get out and vote for governor we definitely do and in addition to the governor yeah, race we've got the lieutenant governors who are running now in a primary the lieutenant governors they run individually on their own um josh shapiro has already formed a ticket with state rep austin davis mm -hmm. who is running for lieutenant governor and then also state representative Brian Sims. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm correct with that being Brian Sims. But um, they are running for lieutenant governor. And I had someone ask me, like, what is lieutenant governor? And it's like when you think about federal level, you think about the president and the vice president, mm -hmm. your governor and your, and your lieutenant governor um, is, is similar, similar, but it's from your state, mm -hmm. you know, state level. So those are the two candidates running for lieutenant governor. And so we want to see what happens in that race. Um, Austin, you know, y'all know Austin's a brother. So yes, he, he, he brings that and um, he brings a lot. I don't want to just say he just brings that. He's just black. He brings a lot to um, the space and his, his longstanding political um, involvement. He didn't just show up one day. Right. He's been, you know, out here doing a lot of, um, I don't, I don't want to use, not politics, but, you know, um, electoral work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from the, 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 the county all the way up to his current state rep seat. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've got my eye on that race. Um, and we'll see what happens. Yes. After, after, after May, whoever wins that lieutenant governor seat will be on the ticket with Josh Shapiro, and they will run as a, a duo. Yeah. Right now, Josh and Austin have decided to run with each other, yeah. but that's not always how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big uh, race. And we already talked about the maps, so we won't let that. We won't let that fester. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and then I guess another big part uh, about all these races that are happening, collecting these signatures. Ooh. That has been a thing. And that is like the most, I don't think people understand like the challenging part of the signatures <laughs> because there's so many, I want to say so many, but there are requirements for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that, that paper out, right? Yes. Or they will not count. <laughs> and yep. they go through that list and they check every little thing. And they challenging you. Yes. And yes. And someone can challenge, someone can challenge your petitions. Um, yes. Yes. So the... There's different levels for each race. I actually don't know how many signatures they need to get for governor. Yeah, and for the lieutenant governor. So for state house petitioning, uh, folks who want to be state representatives, they need to get 500 signatures. For our congressional race, they need to get a thousand, one thousand signatures, and um, for the Senate race. Oh, the U.S. Senate race. I forgot to look up that one, too, um, because they have and f- with the U.S. Senate race, they have to also make sure they're getting signatures from different parts of the state. Like they, like a rep in Philadelphia can't just have all signatures from people in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and um, let me see. Can we find that? This can't be it. No. We might have to, I might have to. Let me see. How many U.S. Senate signatures are needed? Let me see. Petition signatures. Because this is, this is really important. Um, I know specifically, um, signature requirements they make this so difficult see y'all this is why people do not get involved because we should be able to google it and see how many people so we'll make a we'll make an update this should just be like i know we'll make an update on our next episode on a specific count but the point is is there there's a count number that you need to get as a candidate and what the the races that i've been involved in you know, you we always want to get more than what's needed. Right. So just in case. Yeah. So yes. specifically, I'm going, you know, big up my sis Summer, <laughs> who only needed a thousand signatures, but she brought in over seven thousand signatures for her petitioning, which is goes to show the power of the people yeah. and getting the people involved in your campaign. Her opponents couldn't even get half of what she received in the signatures which I think is, is, is pointed and something that we, we recognize when we're looking at people who say they want to represent us. Right. Um, what I also noticed, you know, going out and collecting signatures too, is that just growing up and like, since I've been involved, don't nobody come around my way and ask me to sign a petition to get a signature to be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Like, so that makes me think like, do you not care about my community? Right. You don't need us over here, huh? Yeah. You just go to your people and who you know, mm-hmm. um, instead of going out and introducing yourself to to new folks. That's what we talk about when we say increasing the electorate yep. mm-hmm. and saying how we want to bring more people in. 
that's how you bring more people in. Getting out there. Yes. And, you know, one of her opponents, you know, just made headlines for having forged signatures. One of their circulators was out and turned in the most petitions. Each petition, you get 30 signatures. Um, And he turned in a, a petition with a federal judge's signature forged. That should be like a lawsuit. <laughs> so, like that should automatically the circulator make disqualified. Yes, the circulator is definitely um, having consequences for that. But as the candidate, you know, this was a hired, this was a paid, you know, staff person mm-hmm. um, who does have a history, and so it for me just shows, um, you know, how you how you play. Yeah. And whenever the the news came out, instead of you know owning up on yeah. your wrongdoing, they they try they they always try to come for the black woman instead of taking accountability. Yes, like it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. The quotes that came from the Irwin campaign, um, you know, but it it's like I said. Summer Lee got over 7,000 signatures. Let's let you know that people trust and respect her. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get over 7,000 signatures um, by saying, meet me at my office. Right, exactly. That lets you know she and her team was on the ground working. Mm -hmm. It was not In a shortened petition period Mm -hmm. because they didn't get their full time. Mm -hmm. Neither did the state house candidates um, who need to get their 500 signatures. I want to say they had a little under two weeks to gather their 500 signatures. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, their signature counts wrap up this Saturday. Um, so, so um, we need to make sure we're actually doing a, um, a petition gathering for summer this Saturday. So if you listen to this and you want to come and help us out in Wilkinsburg, um, we will be at Salvatore's from 1130 Ooh, to 230. So signatures and food. And food. And we're going to have some pizza and some wings. <laughs> so make sure you show up. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's the petitioning. That's, that's like, that's, that's another part of the work. Um, and then y'all, we got some heavy local news. We're going to, after this, we're going to talk some national stuff, but yeah. that was a lot. That was. Um, and the last thing I'm going to make this short and sweet cause it's been heavy. Um, and it does affect me directly and the community that we live in is the annexation of Wilkinsburg. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a current proposal that the Wilkinsburg CDC has initiated um, to annex Wilkinsburg into the city of Pittsburgh. Now, this is a big deal. Yeah, so let's explain to people who may not understand what what that means. So I feel like a lot of things that have come up, like the annexation of Puerto Rico and like, <laughs> you know, those kind of uh, how, Russia how Russia annexed Crimea. Um, yes. Uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, I, I ain't even going to get into that because I'm a black woman and I don't got time <laughs> for people to be putting, you know, things on me. So we're going we gonna to have a different conversation on that a little later. But, you know, it's ultimately... Uh, how an annexation works is residents of Pittsburgh ultimately gathered signatures to present to the city of Pittsburgh to basically say 
um, we want you to take over our community and we want to be a part of the city of Pittsburgh. We mm -hmm. no longer want to be our own borough and municipality. We are a community of uh, about 15,000 residents and they gathered about 1,200 signatures mm -hmm. to um, move the ball on this. But it, it was stalled because the city of Pittsburgh, um, the Pittsburgh City Council, they would have to vote and approve mm -hmm. for this to be on the ballot. So first it goes to the Court of Common Pleas to make sure the borough of Wilkinsburg did all their things needed to be done to be considered. Then it goes to the city of Pittsburgh and then they were obligated to make a decision um, within a, I want to say it was like a 90 day time period. Mm -hmm. And so they did not have um, enough votes of the city council, which would have required at least five people for the nine member council to agree to it. And so it was paused. Mm -hmm. But what they did say is that right now, if the work is, if they do the work to, you know, give a better explanation of what this looks like, they will bring it back up for a vote next year to allow residents of Wilkinsburg to vote whether or not we want to become a part of the city of Pittsburgh. Okay. And so, um, you know, what, what, what for us when this first came about, you know, Dante was in, you know, had just ran his race and won the primary for mayor of Wilkinsburg. And then this petition comes up for us to annex with Pittsburgh January 1st, 2022. Wow. So it was like we were brought into a situation where um, it has caused us, you know, some rifts in relationships because mm -hmm. we didn't just jump on board to this and say, right. yeah, let's do it. And it, it would have been all the work that we had done, you know, in regards to the things that we need to work on in our community was done for naught. Right. And so we didn't, uh, we Dante, and of course me as well supporting him, we didn't agree with that. And so we decided to take the route of listening to both sides. Okay. We understand that there is a side that is for it, but there's mm -hmm. also a side that's against it. Mm -hmm. And this isn't the way we go about um, making such a huge decision like this. Right. Um, our kids are impacted. Um, the borough and the school district, you know, right now are, and same with Pittsburgh, they're separate, they don't operate. Mm -hmm. you know, um, together, they're basically their own entities. And so there's a lot of things that go into these decisions. What does that look like for our children? Right. Um, we know that Pittsburgh public schools are, they're dealing with a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's also a big push specifically when we are going to talk about black children, you know, right now, I don't believe that Pittsburgh can offer our children in Wilkesburg a better opportunity for our elementary this? school space what as we're this? doing right now. Mm -hmm. And yes, we do currently partner with them for our middle and high school students, but I can also tell you that that could be much better too. Right, right, right. And so there's a lot of conversations that need to happen and a lot of work that needs to happen. And I don't believe that that's going to happen in a year either. Right. And so this is a, this is a, one, it's a process. Mm -hmm. Two, it's a, it's a, is it a permanent situation? It's permanent. <laughs> we would then be yes. a new community that's a part of the city of Pittsburgh. I want to say we'd be the 91st neighborhood okay. added into the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, so this definitely is a is a process that has to be like thought out about. Mm -hmm. Um that is gonna require like extensive, you know, um engagement. 
We um, got to think about housing. Yes. And, you yes. know, they want to say, oh, the resources in Pittsburgh. Well, how are the resources in Pittsburgh helping the Black folks as they're already? Listen, because I'm in the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> it, ain't, <laughs> it ain't all that's cracked up. It ain't um, and, at all. And we got to be real about that. And everybody, you know, people aren't stupid. You know, we mm-hmm. might not, everyone might not know all of the the language or the the processes that go into this but what we do know is it don't it don't feel right right and you know we also know that we have some prime property on Penn Avenue mm-hmm. that folks want to continue down Penn Avenue and 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 do what they do and so let's make sure that this is a win-win for for the people that are most vulnerable, most marginalized, and always, you know, left out. Um, So that's going to be a lot. We're going to probably have an annexation episode too. Um, But (laughs) that's that's been a big thing. And what's been happening locally here in Pittsburgh and in the greater Pittsburgh region. And I think it's also other neighborhoods are paying attention to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not even in Wilkinsburg and I was paying attention to it. Just because I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is happening? Like, and this process leaves out the voices of the residents in the city yes, of Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Which is like the most important <laughs> piece of the it's, puzzle. Yeah, like the <laughs> residents on both sides have a say in this. Yeah, and I think that the way this has gone has been really, you know, divisive. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, that's the that's the local wrap up. Yeah. Well, no, tell people how, I mean, if they want to get engaged. Yes. There's a meeting happening March 31st, next week, 6 p.m. at the West End Healthy Active Living Center. Um, Sorry, Dante's having a conversation. You probably heard a bit of that on the other end. But, um, yes, that's happening on March 31st. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, uh, check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, let's go national. into the next topic, national news. Yeah. National news. National like it's just like politics on the all on each level is just heavy. <laughs> heavy. Heavy. Heavy right now. Um we recently had um Judge uh we it, we Brown. Yep, yep. <laughs> Judge Brown. Oh, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I, I put her name back. Sorry, here. Judge Katanji uh, Brown Jackson. Jackson. Yes. Um, hearings happening lately for the United States Supreme Court mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's been crazy. Let me tell you, them that process uh, she is going through right now, and them that the Republicans in the Senate and how they are handling her. I was telling Ashley. I don't even think they're questioning. They are questioning her value and her, uh, her, what am I trying to say? Her judgment on how, if she can perform how this job. Ju- yes. When she's more qualified yes. than everyone sitting yes. on the bench right yes. now. Yes, yes, yes. And some of the stuff that I think that they are asking has nothing to do with her job. Her job. It has to do, they want to know like, where her personal agenda lies. As her religion. Yes. They are pushing <laughs> they are pushing on a black woman who is a mother at, about her being soft on, you know, sex offenders. And, you know We're talking about like like let's just back up for a second. We <laughs> We're talking about
talking about people who have not even done right by their own like uh seat in their seat as you know like senate we had ted cruz asking her about a book ted let's not act like you didn't take that trip to florida during that entire texas oh mexico mexico, we went to mexico. Yes. yes during that entire texas in like, the middle of that out- yes. outage the, uh, mm-hmm, and you got the, the nerve to be questioning someone's you know um Word yes, and record. when it's equivalent <laughs> to her peers, yes, she is in the majority of her sentencing. Yes, um, it's a bunch of dog whistles, man. They are speaking <laughs> to the the base that they feel is needed to um, keep them reelected, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 unfortunate i think for a lot of us especially black folks we we we've all been in those kind of Mm -hmm. positions before Mm -hmm. and um it's also why we played that clip in the beginning with cory booker senator cory booker because um i think it's important that we also were allowed to have a moment of joy Mm -hmm. as he said because witnessing someone so um qualified Mm -hmm. you know um, and I'm biased because she's a Virgo. Her birthday is the day after <laughs> mine. Um, you know, it is, it is, it is encouraging. And her grace—they don't even deserve her grace that she has given. Man, um, this but, has been some challenging. And I think today was the last day, right? Yeah, today was the last day. Yeah, today was the last day, and today was like a lot of like kind of like character with witnesses. I don't know mm-hmm. what the technical term of it was. And, you know, some people couldn't watch it and I get it. And for me, a, a lot of times I don't watch things, but I had to watch this. Mm-hmm. I had to see this, you know, there were even parts that moments of it that I watched with Bellamy and I'm sure she was annoyed. Like <laughs> I, I want to watch my teen Titans, but <laughs> I wanted her to know, like, yeah, you, you witnessed this. Like Absolutely. when you're older and you see this, I can tell you about, Absolutely. you know, when you were two years old and I explained to you what was happening and her response was like, mommy, I'll be a doctor. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, boo, you can be a doctor. You yes. don't got to be a judge. You can be whatever you want to be. But, you know, it's important. And, you know, that picture of her daughter yes. just proudly looking on to her mother was just, it was the best picture yeah, of the whole, was. the whole, you it know, was. moment. And I think it, it's important because like you said, we have like little black girls watching this moment. Um, and it kind of reminds me of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. And mm-hmm. you know, when she was going through this um, because as black women, and I'm sure like in a lot of spaces, we are always being questioned of our worth, no matter the, the accolades that we have or the, awards we receive or the degrees we have behind our name um you know we we have to continue to prove to people that you know we are deserving yes. of, of this um yes and she worked her ass off to absolutely get here. absolutely absolutely um so it was it was um it was challenging, like you said, watching that, but it was also beautiful to be able to be able to experience this. Yes. Like this is amazing. Like the first black woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a like we're literally living history right now. Yep. Um, so yep. yeah. It's yeah. it's it has been. And I think, you know, no matter how people feel too, like you mentioning um Vice President Harris, you know, and what's happening with with her, 
I think I saw something on Twitter that's like, you know, we may not agree with everything with her, but don't let these people make you hate her. Absolutely. Be critical. Mm -hmm. We should be critical of everybody who serves Mm -hmm. in office and says they want to represent us. But to hate, that's what they want us to do. That's what the plan is. Mm -hmm. And so what they're trying to do with Judge Jackson is the same thing. You know, and and I saw I saw a tweet like Ted Cruz, you ain't talking to Donald Trump like that. Absolutely, not. but you you gonna talk to this black woman like yeah. that? Noted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Senator Crawley, you you should you should be. I like I just can't even. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. It's it's yeah. So, you know, the the confirmation hearings have happened. We will be keeping Judge Jackson lifted. I do expect to see her be confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. And um, we watching y'all. We watching Mm -hmm. y'all. So, yeah, shout out. Shout out to you, Judge Jackson. And thank you for for what you have done for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Us. And so now I feel like this is kind of like such a kind of somber thing to wrap up yeah. our episode on, but it's, it's, it's where we're at as, mm-hmm. as a, a world. Yes. Um, there's a war. There's always a war happening though. I guess mm-hmm. we should mention that. Um, and I've also got my critiques of the wars we pay attention to <laughs> and why this right. is more important than the others. Right. And, um, but what's happening right now in Ukraine and Russia is you know truly um tragic it's tragic it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there have been a lot of headlines coming up and what i've been thinking about too lately that i feel like i haven't been seeing a lot of in the past couple weeks that we saw a lot of in the beginning of it was just the um the refugees you know Mm. trying to exit the country and how we we you know racism war don't stop racism right not um, and so there were a lot of headlines about the students, you know, um, out of Africa trying to uh, I- escape out of Ukraine and their treatments mm-hmm. in, in the, the bordering rejected. countries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, yeah. And so I, I, it makes me think like, I want to let me look at the headlines. Like what changed? Why aren't those headlines like because Dante made a good point. He was like. Russia in regards to why we were seeing these headlines, these these possible bots on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, pushing the narrative. Not that it wasn't happening because we know that it was happening, mm-hmm. but the way it was forcefully being um, pointed out mm-hmm. um, and not, not showing all sides of like, you know, the folks who are responsible for making sure these students are right. getting out safely. Right. Um, and... Uh, I follow this guy on Twitter. It's a black guy who lives in Ukraine. He's been in Ukraine. And I want to say he's from, is his name Terrell? Yep, Terrell Jermaine Starr. He actually has his own podcast too called Black Diplomats. Um, But he's from New York, but he's been living in Ukraine and he's been reporting on the ground, um, helping people to, you know, helping refugees escape and utilizing that to share his stories. And I have been, I've been following his updates because, you know, I've also been a little frustrated with the, the, the coverage of this because 
you know, even some of the journalists making points about, they're just blatant with it. Yeah. Like, you know, we, it, it's like acceptable that in places like Iraq or, you know, countries with brown people mm-hmm. and when they're being bombed, that it's just acceptable. Right. But when bombings are happening in countries of, you know, white folks, it's, it's more mm-hmm. of an issue. Yeah. And, you know, that's really frustrating. So it's been good to be able to watch the, the reporting from, from Terrell. I definitely yeah. want to shout him out. Um, not that he'll ever listen to this show, but if he ever does listen Don't to this never. show, <laughs> you know, um, I definitely want to shout him out because he has just been able to give such a good perspective. And I also appreciate the points that he makes about, you know, as a black man, he compares, you know, he basically said Russia is treating Ukraine the way uh, uh, white folks in America want to use Chicago when they want to talk about violence. Mm. So he was like, Ukraine is, or yeah, Ukraine is like Russia's Chicago. Right. The way that he, yeah. you know, Putin is, yeah. mm-hmm. is treating their, their, mm-hmm. their country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was a very um, impactful way to present that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we, we know, we know what the problems are. We know what racism does. Yep. Um, but it doesn't take away from something as bad as that. And these gas prices. Woo. Baby. I'm sick of it. <laughs> sick of it. My little hoopsie used to cost like $30 to fill up. Now she costs like $50 to fill up. And it is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling this inflation. Yes. In, it, in it's the like, grocery store. Yes, I was just eat. about to say that. Everything is just increasing. Um, and it's just it's just been putting a strain on a lot of people financially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think when I was watching the news, they were saying like with the gas prices at this price, um, it's an additional like twelve, thirteen hundred, twelve, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred a year. Like that is like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> additional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. We actually were talking about um, the cost of barrel prices. Yeah. <laughs> there was a tweet trending. Yeah. Um, from March fifteenth, which was also making a point of like you know, um, the the government, you know, things have switched up where at that time, um. A barrel of gas was $128, but then went down to $99 a barrel. But our gas prices were still increasing. Yep. So, what y'all doing, gas companies? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Um, y'all are price gouging. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, I think, you know, we've got to take, you know, a holistic view of, you know, how things are working. You know, we're in a heavy election season and you know, even with like this, 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 this war happening, and you see a lot of the Republicans talking about, oh, Biden needs to, you know, send more weapons and money, but y'all the ones voting against it. When the mm-hmm. when the when the bill comes to the floor to actually put that action into play, y'all not voting on it. Mm-hmm. So y'all are gaslighting and lying just for your narrative. Mm-hmm. And we we've got to recognize that, like these these people who are in these high positions, 
you know, running for office, they stay there because of our lack of participation. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how they stick around mm-hmm. this long because yeah. we are fed up. They talk over us, not at us or with us. And we don't think that it matters, but it really does. It does. It, it does. Um, In South Carolina, if y'all don't get rid of Lindsey Graham, <laughs> God dang it. Like, um, that's why I tell people all the time to uh, hold your elected official accountable. Mm-hmm. And if they are not, get some people to rally behind you, advocate, and make that change. Um, because it's our vote that puts them in that position. Yeah. You get me? They are supposed to be working on the behalf of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you find your elected official, you know, not doing things for the the betterment of the community, the people, then it's time to change yep. your government. Yep. <laughs> and and if you feel like you you've got something to offer, get involved. Yes. Hop on a campaign. Yes. Learn how it works. Yes. Tap in because you know I, I and I you know Summer and I you know it's helped me change my my way of viewing voters and voter turnout. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't, we also cannot, you know, shame people for not voting because they have reason to not want to vote. Absolutely. We're not seeing candidates that are talking to us and wanting to represent us. And so that's why we also sometimes should maybe sit back and think like, is it me? Should it be me? And Mm -hmm. we've got people across this country that are capable of it. Um, So I hope, you know, I hope that this war can end soon. I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm pregnant. So, you know, there have been some images that have come out when they bombed that maternity hospital, the children's hospital, like that literally breaks my heart. I literally saw a picture of a woman's stomach gashed open with Mm. a baby in it. And that did not sit well with Mm. me. And so this, you know, what is happening over there, I hope it stops soon. Absolutely. I hope, you know, we've got to stop bombing people everywhere. Yeah, but you know, having a I feel like a front row seat to what's happening there is just it is heartbreaking. It is it it, it yeah. Mm-hmm. So the innocent people that are losing their lives, um, mm-hmm. I just I couldn't imagine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's going to wrap up our national news. Yeah, that was a lot. It was. <laughs> It was a lot of information. It was a lot of info, but yes, but it was it was important information. Yeah, and I'm glad we're um, we're back. And yes. thank you for hopping on with this yes. this show with me. Yeah, um, I'm super excited to do this with you. Um, I'm excited as well. I think, I'm excited. I think this is I think this is this is good. This is good. This is amazing, actually. Um, Cause we need to keep more people in Pittsburgh up to date on what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna switch it up. You know, um, I'll I'll make a few notes. Black political millennials was great. You know, I appreciate that the the time and the moment we were able to, you know, galvanize and you know things change. Mm-hmm. And so now we are, you know, I'm moving. In transitioning, you know, I'm so thankful to Dante for, you know, putting this into play mm-hmm. um, with me because he knows that this is this is this is my jam. Mm-hmm. This is 
this is my the way that I feel like I'm able to um, express my appreciation for uh, media. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I look forward to being able to do this alongside another black woman. Yes. Because it's, 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 we gotta stick together. We do. We gotta stick together. We do. So Shavasha and I will be doing a lot of revamping we'll have some updates and some changes coming at you um but we knew we needed to get an episode out Mm -hmm. we knew that we needed to um just get started yeah because oftentimes what we do is we wait for something to be perfect Mm -hmm. and then we never make it happen so this is us getting started yeah raw we are coming (laughs) raw and raw is so it's so interesting you said that because that was that's my blog which i'm currently working really? on some things to transition renee yes, around the way yes so yes, there will be some things that i'm working renee on that yeah so that's so funny you said that but we're coming at you raw with this episode yes. and we want to wrap it up and kind of get a little bit more uh a little more personal what we are going to start doing is having shout outs for every episode i'll let Shavasha do this shout out for our, our person of the day. The shout out for the person of the day is Judge Kantaji Jackson. Mm-hmm. We talked about her today, so y'all already know what it is. Yes. I don't even think I need to go into more as to why we chose her. She's just it, and that's yep. period. <laughs> period. She's it. And... We've got a quite, we're going to do some quick games. Sometimes we'll do a throwback, but we're going to kick off this this part that'll give, give y'all a little bit more insight on who we are, what mm-hmm. we're about, you know. And so uh, we have a quick game where we're going to just have a question. And this question that we chose for today is simple. Well, in a way, simple, but name a favorite memory about the 90s. Mm. You want to go? I'm going to go first because yeah. I think what I immediately thought about was I used to love the Harambe festivals in Hollywood. Mm. You know, that's I've when, heard about them. I've never been. Yeah, I got you some know, of Isak here. Yeah, I was so. about to say that. Y'all know Pittsburgh people don't be crossing bridges. We don't. I mean, I know I'm from the hill and the hill is that's nowhere real. without a bridge. I didn't but. see the North Side for real, so I went to high school or college. My first time seeing Perry was in college. For real. For real. Yes, yeah, so you know we don't cross the neighborhood. So when you live in the neighborhood, you kind of just stick to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, so the yeah. Harambe festivals were, you know, uh, African-American focused festivals. We'd have vendors. There'd be like festival games, rides. Mm-hmm. You know, that was also at a time when my dad was becoming very um, into his Pan-Africanism. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started wearing dashikis every year. I'd get a new one. <laughs> We'd go to the uh, Harambe festivals. I always wanted a chew stick. So I loved it. That was like, the 90s was sweet. Yes. You're not the only person who brought that up. Like, there was a time I was in, like, a space and someone, it was a similar question, and someone else brought up that festival. That was like, it just, we would run around. We'd be out all day. My parents would have a booth. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was fun. And it was, it was in Homewood, you know? Like, everybody want to put a bad rep on Homewood. Homewood, Homewood was was good to us as kids yes, so yes. you know we definitely had some bad moments but i won't forget the good yeah. so that's that's my 90s memory 
Ooh, okay. My name is Marie, so y'all know I'm, I'm pretty on the younger side. So I was born in 93. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start here. So, so you can maybe name like a thing that happened in the nineties that like. Well, a- I do have like a memory, and I think I, I I'm not gonna say I think the memory I I remember vague like a little bit because um pictures, uh what is it the little Kodak. You know, back in the day, the, yeah. the cameras. Look, y'all, we struggling. That's how you know. The throwaway cameras? Yes, disposable ones. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I got some selfies on disposable <laughs> cameras. Like, we didn't even know what a selfie was. was we had best selfies. Pictures. Them was the best yes. pictures. I've always yes. said, let's bring them pictures back because them vintage pictures was Did fire. Did you sell those cameras I anymore? think so. I think so. I seen, like, a girl on TikTok take a trip, and she had it, and her pictures came out fire. I might have to do that because we know yeah. a little bit more about pictures with yes. telephones now yep. with, a, with a camera. And the lighting and stuff. But, I might have to do that. Um, My memory is um, Hill District, of course. I'm... So we lived up Burroughs, which was next to RC. So if you know Robinson Court, so if you know the hill, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it just was, it were, I think it was in my birthday party. And it was just like the kids from all over, like up that area, all just came together. And we was just all like carefree kids, just like living life, having fun, um, like not a care in the world. Like, mm-hmm. you know how children children just be so carefree and just enjoying the moment. When I look back on the pictures, it was like, dang, I miss these moments as kids when we just used to be outside playing and just happy. Ice cream truck coming. Yeah. You know, cake, pizza, popsicle, huggies. You know the yep. huggies. Huggies don't even taste the same no more. <laughs> I can't even give my kid huggies because they're not good. And it's just like, it makes me kind of sad because these kids, the kids now today don't have the advantage to just go outside and play because, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't trust people nowadays. Things are different. Yeah. Bellamy being able to go outside is a blessing. Yes. Things are just so different. But, um, you know, I just remember that like always. And I like sometimes often reflect on that photo because some of them kids in that photo are still here and some of them passed away to gun violence. And so being able to look at that photo and be like, wow, like this is crazy. And then especially when I, what I, what I do today Mm -hmm. um, related to the Hill district. So for me to grow up and be born and raised on the Hill and to, to do policy advocacy work on the hill is just like amazing it just makes me happy it's full circle yes absolutely no nope. i feel the same way <laughs> i do i feel the same way um man we won't we but we we're gonna do our part we're yeah. gonna get it right for these kids always always oh but this was a good episode thank y'all for whoever made it to the end and check this out as we bring back uh our podcast politicking mm-hmm. for us by us for us by us and you know, because it's me and Shavasha or Shavasha uh-huh. and I for my grammar Nazis. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is for us. Yep. And what I say, this is ladies first. Ladies first. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I look forward to this. So we appreciate y'all. Peace out. Peace. I'm not going to do it. 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 I